apologies uh, for not uploading in a month. I'd, I'd rather this episode play out, and then I'll explain a little more after. It'll be a little more in-depth, I guess, thing afterwards. So, hope you enjoy what we have. Gomi, you must keep your hands steady on your horse so it will never succeed in any of your endeavors. Gozu's student is showing far more keenness for combat. I only accepted you because you said that you could follow instructions. The great Mezu watches as his young pupil struggles on his mare. The boy begins crying, lowering his bow. I'm, I'm sorry, Mezu. Don't apologize, Gomi. You must be better. Now, raise your bow once more and practice till your fingers bleed. Waking up from the rest, the horse clutches his side where the mantis Naginata had pierced him. Glean bandages covered the wound wrapped tightly around his body. He found himself covered in a cold sweat, staring at his hand. Having expected to die, he wasn't sure how he remained on this plane. Observing the area around him was dark place only, lit by a couple of candles. In front of the ronin were several iron bars, all meant to keep a cast of characters locked within this area. Inside the place were soldiers, with injuries ranging from cuts to fully amputated limbs. Even amongst the injured were those who had succumbed to their injuries. He recognized several of the soldiers as his own, and across the way was the deer, sleeping. Standing up, he begins his pacing around his portion of the cell, examining what he'd already seen further. He figured there wasn't much point in trying to break or walk through the door, considering it was likely the dragon's handiwork. Inside were no commodities other than the light and a few pieces of documentation which sat in the corner, unread by the guards and reached by the curious prisoners. Horse sensei. Voice calls out from within the cell. Uh, the ronin wasn't familiar with it. Turning his head, he was greeted by a foot soldier with a cloth wrapped around his head. His eyes told the samurai that he was looking for some sort of plan. Evidently, he was the type that wouldn't lose hope no matter how hopeless the situation. You belong to the Hare's Warband, don't you? It could easily be inferred the situation they were in. The three ronin had succumbed to the dragon's might, and were now here to wait their fates. Yes, sir. They call me Oyama. I was the Hare's second-in-command. While Oyama was speaking, the horse pulls out a kiseru, which he had hidden within his lower armor, which oddly hadn't been stripped off. Buzz. So then the horse is dead. He asked, not looking up and starting a fire to light the tobacco. No. She was personally taken by the dragon after she attempted to kill him. We've been here for what feels like a couple of hours. The guards haven't told us anything as of yet. It was easy for the horse to tell that Ayama's voice was uncertain. In their current situation, no one was certain. Everyone surely had their own theories how the dragon was going to handle them. Some optimistic thought that the dragon would recruit them into their armies, while the pessimists believed that torture was inevitable. I surmise, then, that we'll wait for what is to come, as there is no means of escaping, despite what he himself believed was an undoubtedly terrible fate. The horse calmly smokes on his kiseru, blowing its smoke through the cell. The calm nature surprised Oyama, who was looking for something else from the ronin. Any natural leader would do anything to protect his men and save his troops' lives, at least what he thought. Fundamentally, Oyama knew nothing of the horse's nature, as a man who knew his limits quite well. As the horse saw it, the dragon was likely deliberating alongside his advisors, or perhaps having an audience with the hare. 
likely making his fellow warrior into a yujo or a concubine to add unto his emperor's harem. Even with the dragon distracted by these things, no one within the cell would hold any means of escape worth noting. If by a miraculous chance someone held a tool that was capable of luck picking the cell door, the runaways would be met by the dragon samurai. They'd then proceed to make a game of eliminating the escapees with blow or blade, scoring points based on their accuracy. Then those who'd escaped the samurai's malice would be too scattered and few in number to be considered a threat. Therefore, in the horse's opinion, acting sporadically would only end up making the lives of the citizens outside the cell much worse. As it were, their fate was sealed in his mind, and inconveniencing others served no purpose. This was a lesson that was taught early on by Mezu, which almost certainly meant that his master submitted when he met the blade of Gozu. Horse-sensei, are you all right? Unknowingly, the horse had begun to cry while he was smoking. He felt mournful that perhaps he would never have the chance to avenge his master. The ox would roam the provinces, having never known his wrath. I'm fine. My mind had begun to wander for a moment. The tears were quickly wiped away, but the impression had already been made amongst the other soldiers. Seeing their leader in tears had riled up a new sense of fear. Still, the horse wouldn't have to see the demoralization for much longer, as a sound of movement fills the cell. Eyes turn towards the entrance to see the dragon donning his mask and moving in with two heavily armored samurai who had no titles associated with him. Everyone watches as he takes his place in the halls, turning towards the horse, his eyes sternly staring from behind the mask. Horse, you will accompany. He hesitates, noticing the kaseru in the horse's hand, and his willingness to ignore his superior. Which one of you allowed this man to smoke? The dragon yells back to his men, clearly infuriated by their assumed kindness or insubordination of the guards. As none of the guards had provided the Kaseru, they looked at one another anxiously. The Emperor's hand touches one of his blade's handles in order to intimidate them into confession. Don't yell at your men. I had this hidden within my armor. The horse nonchalantly confesses, waving his Kaseru around. And yet, you chose to smoke rather than to escape. His demeanor changed and his voice was clearly confused by the horse's reasoning. Pausing, the horse takes another puff of his Kaseru. Sharply exhaling, we'd be executed by your men had I attempted. Seeing that you personally arrived, I have no doubt that you'd personally see to it that we were cut down in the street. Hearing it from the horse's mouth, the dragon can't help but slyly chuckle. Well, perhaps you're men, but I've come to speak with you. Casually, he raises his hand and the cell door is opened by the two guards, with spears making sure that no one escapes the cell. Knowing that there wasn't any point in refusal, the horse stands, handing Oyama the Kaseru, as you so desire. The horse follows and the cell door closes, and he begins following the dragon, with his hands now placed in a crudely made cuffs. While making his way towards the palace, he notices that the kingdom smiles upon him. Peasants who thought they were quiet spoke favorably of their new emperor, after he'd successfully staved off the three Ronin's onslaught. In their attempted silence, they also belittled the defeated and heavily injured Ronin before them. The horse kept quiet, only listening to the voices of the peasants. Despised, he had never felt more despised in his life. 
with people doing their best to keep the horse from hearing them, while it was certainly disappointing that the ronin proved unfavorable amongst those that he wished to save. It didn't mean much to him right now. In fact, the dragon was the one who he was concerned with. As they reached his war room, which had a wall adorned with a mask of ronin and samurai the dragon, or his army, had defeated. The wall was extensively filled with relics of the older samurai, which had been defeated so that the dragon could attain his position, with a few belonging to new ronin who had refused his rule. Naturally, he sat at the head of the table. His guards stayed outside the room and the horse was beckoned to sit at the opposite side. You must be wondering why I brought you here. The Emperor set a small blade on the table to tempt the horse. There's a matter of you being aware of your fate. My fate? The horse asked, fighting the urge to grab the blade and plunge it through the dragon's throat. Yes, your fate. By dawn tomorrow, you and the men held in that jail are to be executed. Personally, you will be executed by my blade, but... I thought you'd like to know that. Despite the now presumed end of his life, the blade now looked much less appealing. His heart sunk and his stomach turned. And... and what of the deer and the hare? He could barely utter the words, staring blankly at the table in front of him. He just let the dragon continue, and he'd simply narrate a predetermined fate. The hare. I would like to make my wife. Though she's obviously hesitant about wedding me. As for the deer, I owe a debt to the Otanashi. Rather than having him executed, we will cut his heel and allow him to live the rest of his days as a farmer. Then I am the only one to die? Yes, well, I have no dispute with you. An example needs to be made. Sparing the hair and the deer might make me seem weak, even as it stands. I thought it would be best if you know your fate. Why would you burden me with such knowledge? So that you'd save her. What's about to be presented in front of you, at its fullest. Should you have eaten it wastefully, I am... And I'm sure that regret would sit upon you far more than the knowledge of death. Waving his hand, several servants bring in various towering plates of meat, vegetables, and several plates of rice. The dragon doesn't say much else for a moment, setting up his own plate as he starts eating his meal. It takes a minute for the horse to start eating his food as he lets everything sink in. He grabs a hearty plate of meat and rice and vegetables to balance it, though he didn't have much to care about his own health anymore. The two eat in silence while servants and women enter to deliver some more vices that they could serve as a finality to the horse's life. Now surrounded with expensive drinks, hot food, fine tobacco, and some of the most beautiful concubine, there was no worse place on earth to be. Of course, in ideal circumstances, and had the battle been won, the horse would be in a similar position. Intently, his eyes are fixated on the emperor who doesn't seem to find the air any more constricting. The horse felt like he was being suffocated by the tension of the present atmosphere. Why? Why would you put me in this situation? It would have been best if you'd left me in that cell. I... My heart can take too much more of His this. voice shakes while he eats, and he can hardly hold the food with his utensils. Well, the state of his stomach was in, he doubted that he could capable of holding much of his liquor. Because you've earned my respect, Horse, you and Gein killed two of my samurai. Now, while I've known Gein, this is the first time of you. Treating you to a final meal is the least I could provide you with. 
speaking to some of my samurai's rumors, but that you are a man of the floating world. I thought... I thought you'd appreciate the finest Taiyo, and I highly recommended Subon that I could get on such short notice. Like I could enjoy such pleasures, while you keep a veritable blade pressed against my throat. Nothing you could give me other than the ox's head would ever satisfy me, and I doubt you'd allow me such kindness. The dragon chuckles before looking further upon the dead ronin. A laugh which was initially stifled burst into a booming voice. No. No, I shall not give you the ox. As despised as he might be, he produces adequate results as far as I'm concerned. Yet while protesting my gifts, you've begun to partake in such commodities. At least in the eyes of the dragon, he saw the situation as a joke that could conclude when he saw fit. The joke was more of a horror story to the horse, as each of these vices, along with any future experience of them, could no longer be enjoyed after this moment. The dragon continues to watch with such entertainment as the horse deteriorates into a beast. He eats his food more like a ravenous creature than a former samurai trained by a well-regarded mezu was. The ronin himself would have hardly recognized the man he had become at this time. As the night passed, he drank in excess. He was an incredible glutton filled the air with the suffocating amount of smoke, and spoke as disrespectfully as possible to the emperor. Why would you rule over people who don't appreciate a man of such strength? Mezu was powerful, and what did it get him? A life of loneliness with an apprentice who'd soon to die. Yet you could abstain entirely from conflict. But you risked death on that battlefield. Had either I or the hare not been incapacitated, you'd be dead. The horse had the unique ability to speak clearly when he was intoxicated. It was impressive simply because it let Yujo at the velvet saddle understand him, but it was a rather impressive skill on its own. Because I will bring about a peace I do not know, horse. I have seen bloodshed, and while I must act in a gracious and strong light, know in confidence that I am a weak man. Men, countless men are willing to die at my behest, but I fear for every last one of them. So to protect as many as I can, and to preserve a future peace, the order to kill Ronan was made. Naturally, you are inclined to that information as a first runner to be made an example of. You make peace by creating a new war, dragon. I appreciate how... how... Due to a combination of intoxicated stupor and naturally cultivated tiredness, the horse collapses, falling into a lulled sleep. It wasn't long before he woke at dawn to the anxious crying of others within his cell. Lightly, he could see rays of sunlight stream in from the door above only slightly hung over the realization of the time and what he discussed the night before sunk in. The horse was unsure whether the guards had informed them or rather they had somehow inferred the situation themselves. Please, horse-sensei, you have to save us! His face had snot and tears rolling down them and his eyes were bloodshot to pair with it. It was likely that Oyama was in a similar position to the other men in the cell, terrified of what was soon to come. Reassurance. All he needed was a little reinsurance and he'd be satisfied. I presume within the next hour, we are to be executed by the dragon's executioners. And I personally have the blade of the dragon. Apologies, I couldn't save you. 
And for that, I will atone for that in the bowels of Jin Goku. The light from Oyama's eyes had vanished almost entirely as he looked upon the horse's face of acceptance. The two stood as still as statues, Oyama hoping that the horse would say something to breathe life into the room again. Yet the horse simply stared forward, looking at the place where the deer was not. No one spoke for the next sixty minutes, as the atmosphere grew only tenser with each passing moment. If anyone had said a word, it was likely that the aforementioned atmosphere might cause them to choke. All the while, the horse spends most of the time either standing or sitting, watching where the deer had disappeared from as if he'd reappear suddenly. It wasn't but more than half an hour when the guards had started to corral the men, robing them in pure white dress. Meanwhile, they had taken the horse aside, giving him a much cleaner set of his own robes, along with his polished dagger into which he was to commit the ritual. Led outside, there were thousands of men and women and children looking on as the ronin armies were sat on mats of various materials. Each man was brought to their knees and not given the same respect as to commit the same ritual as the horse. Around forty kashakunin were employed to slowly execute each one of the remaining ronins. Never had so much screaming been heard, begging and begging that their lives would be spared. They betrayed to the dragon, and by simple presence, the spectators, all sorts of secrets, all sorts of lies, and those brave spoke of vulgarities, knowing that the blade had no intention to discriminate. It only caused more headaches on the horse's end as he fought the urge to shed tears, though a few slipped through. Horse sensei, please! Oyama's voice was distinct among the crowd, shrill as he screamed for the last ten minutes. Herr sensei! Dear sensei! At this point, he seldom had words for what he was begging for. All he knew that he was terrified of what was to come and that he was unprepared to die. The visceral way his throat blared seemed to be enough to draw most of the crowd's throat. His head was then cut and the screaming had been cut off, and his scream soon died in the air. It wasn't long before the dragon approached the horse with his blade in his hand. He wore an innate and intricate robe, with a flashy design which coupled with his blade gave off an oddly regal look. Unsheathing the blade revealed that it shined to a point where it reflected the sun to an absurd degree, where some spectators had to shield their eyes. Everyone stood silent as the blood from the soldiers had seemingly pooled on the platform. It had pooled so much that the dragon and the deer had felt it on their feet, and knees, respectively. It created quite the atmosphere as the dragon began to speak. I apologize to the little ones who are viewing this with such contempt for the new emperor. My intent initially wasn't to kill these men, but when I asked that they surrender, they refused my kindness. Such insolence! must be met by an equal form of punishment. Especially when they kill two of my samurai. Here is the doors. One such leader who has given his life in condolence of his cause. The speech was swift, though many of the onlookers expected more demeaning words to the defeated Ronin. In fact, the spectators wished that their emperor would make more of a show in the horse's humiliation. Still, it digresses as the horse takes his robe off his shoulder and grimaces as he holds the blade in his hands. The blade shook violently as terror struck through him, as the finality of the screaming came to a crescendo within himself. He wouldn't die like someone scared and fearful. 
Staring into the crowd, he was determined to die with dignity. Unsheathing his tondu, he raises the blade into the air, letting it catch the sun, and then proceeding to adjust his grip, he places the blade into his stomach. He then proceeds to disembowel himself with the blade. He felt as his skin was cut upon, and hot steaming blood seeped into the robe's fabrics. Gritting his teeth, he stared into the crowd, and he saw fear in their eyes. A grin comes across his face as he, at least, the fear of his life would be cemented within the people who saw his death. It was instantaneous, or at least that the horse died unaware that his head had been severed. Rolling onto the floor had concluded the ceremony. With the crowd dispersing, the dragon looks at the horse's body, letting out a sigh. You deserve better. Aaron dear, with the ceremony finished, your ally the horse has been executed. The horse's mask was slid across the table to the shock of the two ronin. Dear, I've had your heel cut. And there, you've been removed from your access to weapons for the time being. And what do you plan to do with us? The hare asked, having cried too much that blood had run down her face for a brief moment, instead of tears. The deer in contrast was now devoid entirely of emotion. He stared onward, saying nothing. I'd like for you and I to wed at some point. The dragon, after finishing said statement, is struck by the hare's fist. Rubbing his jaw, the dragon maintains his composed look. As for Gein, he can devote his life to anything he so desires. You think we'd really welcome in service to the likes of you? The hare speaks sharply, her eyes staring at the horse's mask. She becomes so infuriated that she shook with rage on the verge of crying blood once again. Standing up, the dragon stares down at the defeated Ronin. I don't expect you to openly welcome such a change. Especially considering that I've killed the horse. Soon, though, I hope you reluctantly accept me as your new emperor. You may do with the mask what you will. Two of my personal guards will follow you out. Leaving the room, the two ronins sit in silence for a moment. I'm sorry, Gomi. I should have done more. The deer utters what would have been his last statement for several months. So I don't know if it was noticeable, but uh, obviously the horse is not the VA for the horse that is me currently. Um, I was unable to get into contact with the VA for the horse, and unfortunately I kind of waited a little way too long. Uh, should I ever get in contact again, I'll of course re-edit the episode and release it normally. but. That that being said, everything should be back to normal. Uh, the new VAs for the next three parts have been cast, or should be cast by now. Uh, well, by the time this is up. And production will have been started again. So, thanks so much for being patient. Appreciate, wait, and sorry about that. See you later. I would out. <laughs>